0: Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. He is Ramon in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Dan Kovacevic in Los Angeles covering hockey. And, Moon, what a Super Bowl. What a Super Bowl. Legitimately one of the best games I
1: think we all could have watched. Uh, we said this before. I felt like these teams were team one and team two easily uh throughout the playoffs, throughout the end of the year, and going into this game. The line on the betting side of it was a half a point, then it was a point, then it was a point and a half. Like everything said that this game was gonna be one of those, and it was what I didn't expect was a defensively dominant team like Philadelphia to not have any sacks, to also be up by double digit points. And to not be able to do anything going into the second half. That blew my mind, DK.
0: Yeah, and, and that, that, that's actually a super important point. And one of the beautiful things about having a Ramon Foster show is that instead of just saying, hey, look, Patrick Mahomes played on a bum ankle and Travis Kelsey's great and Pacheco is really, no. I want to go into what actually decided this game because Javon Hargrave, I don't think he'd play bad. Five tackles, four solos. He had the only TFL on on the Eagles' side. But like you said, no sacks. And I did hear a couple of Kansas City guys, notably Andy Reid and Mahomes and Kelsey, say afterward this was all about the offensive line. Now you know and I know nobody's going to write that. Nobody's going to say that anywhere. I want to hear from you what you saw, especially in terms of shutting down Javon and Fletcher Cox. And, and this is the thing, too, not just
1: Kansas City's, but also Philadelphia's, too. Let, let me just say this after the game, if you saw the optics of it, whether it was social media, if you stayed up and watched the post game, what you saw was this Patrick Mahomes go up to each and one of those guys, hug them, dap them up, smile, tell all of his guys, man, I love you. Look at you. Andrew Wiley, who's been criticized, their right tackle all year long as not being the guy guy that also played guard went up to him specifically hugged him told him you're that dude man and i thought that was crucial but this is also the other part of it too as far as we know in the first half i, don't, I hate when coaches do this or the mood of the game allows this or the natural human aspect of who feeling like you can breathe that is the dumbest thing in sports that anybody could ever do thought they could breathe because they came out of they watching me on YouTube or however you're watching the visuals. They had Kansas City by the neck, okay? And they squeezed and they went to halftime, maybe looked at a little, a little of the uh, Rihanna halftime show, and they relaxed a little bit. That's exactly what they did, okay? Because the first half offensive line versus defensive line— Philly absolutely went off. They had Chris Jones on TV shouting, going off, I'm sure saying, all kind of swear words to his teammates about being into the game. And then they go to halftime and let up. On the flip side of that, he had a team with their backs against the wall with a generational quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. We can't say that enough in a sense. I get that. That guy's dynamic. But they won that game by that offensive line. And this is just a tale of two sides, too. Like, legitimately, like Boston and all those dudes. Miles, like, all those dudes on Philly. Randy Ball efficiently. Philly, Philly ran up and down the field efficiently in the first half. And for whatever boneheaded reason, they took themselves out of it in the second half. And you know what Kansas City said in Andy Reid? Oh, this is how we get back into the game. Them receiving that ball after the first half, after the second half kickoff, they said to themselves, Isaiah Pacheco, young, seventh round draft pick. Also, another deeper conversation we got to have at some point do DK. Most of the running backs that win Super Bowls, I think the highest paid guy, the stat I saw, that plays running back was $2.5 million. If I'm not mistaken, it was either LeGarrette Blunt or Leonard Fournette. That's why the running back position can't be marquee on some teams because some teams don't value them because there's so many different ways or I'll go find a cheaper guy. Isaiah Pacheco, seven round uh, draft pick, comes out in the second half led by that Kansas City offensive line and they just took four yards, five yards. 10 yards, 15, 20 yards downfield. And they opened up the game to get it down to three points. And that's when the Wizard himself, Andy Reid and Eric bien both said, okay, now we can breathe and be a little bit more loose with how we're going about this. To your point, I will say this, and this is why I say the Steeler fans too, because this is a Steeler pod and I'm a former, no, they I, they told me not to say former Steeler. I'm a retired Steeler, okay? And I'll say this, I don't think the methods in what Pittsburgh is going through in this is wrong as far as the run game. I think we both see both of these teams had over 115, 120 yards plus rushing in this game. The team that actually won this game had more rushing yards. Jalen Hurts, to everybody's surprise, actually had more passing yards than Patrick Mahomes. Imagine that. Okay, so the run does work, and this is the thing. Kansas City realized, and they beat a team down. I had somebody earlier say this to me. What the run game does, it evens the playing field, and that's what they did against that that, that that Philadelphia Eagles defense that loves to sack the quarterback. They level it by beating them up, slowing them down, and controlling the flow of the game. That's what happened in that game this past weekend or on Sunday when it came down to the Super Bowl and the Chiefs gaining control of it, DK.
0: Juju won a Super Bowl. You know? Juju won. Juju won the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. Juju's career in Pittsburgh at times, because of that knee injury that nobody ever talks about, but nonetheless was very, very real.
1: Yeah. It looked
0: like there was even a chance that maybe I don't want to say he was going to be done, but he was kind of on that trajectory where he was okay, he was the number two receiver, then he was the three, and then you know, then he goes somewhere else and doesn't really get paid all that much and whatever else. And now He's a Super Bowl champion. Um, Tell me how you feel about that. You were his teammate. Yeah, I, man, I'm, I've always been a fan of Juju. I love Juju. I got to see if I
1: can get him on here and on my radio show in Nashville, too, just to be completely honest with you guys. I love that he didn't complain and gripe about it. Yeah, Juju has his antics. Juju is what new kids love in watching football players, pro athletes. He was one of the first guys to go separate as far as, oh, watch these TikToks things that I'm doing. But one thing I've always said about Juju, He loves the game. He's a hard worker. He's a physical guy. If he learns his position as far as, look, he ain't got to be the blazer down the field. He's going to be a dirty work type of guy that has a lot of longevity in his league. And one thing I've always kind of said about you, he was selfless. He never really had an attitude. Everybody gets one here or there. But his teammates all loved him, maybe except for one. Okay, but his teammates loved him, man. And he's such a kid about his approach. I'm very, very happy for Juju Smith-Schuster. John Smith, what is it? John Smith-Schuster. I'm happy for that young gentleman, man. Got him a ring despite everything else that happened.
0: When we come back, what just might as well have ruined... This Super Bowl at the very end when we come back on the Ramon Foster Show. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. Juju almost was more than just a Super Bowl champion. He almost made it onto every highlight from now until the end of time. Had he been the guy who caught a touchdown pass there. As it was, James Bradbury of Philadelphia, of course, now infamously so, tugged a little bit, a little bit on the jersey and got the flag. And that kept the drive going. And then Kansas City was not only able to get the Harrison Butker field goal, but also to eat off almost all of the clock and destroy any and all suspense or fun ending. What do you think, Moan? Man, I've heard all sides of it. I've heard defensive players
1: that said, you don't call it in that sense. I've heard defensive players say, well, it a hold is a hold." We also, DK, listens, heard James Bradbury say, yeah, I held him. I, I thought I could get away with it. He threw the flag. DK, where are you at on him owning it, man? I
0: mean, I, I, I'm always – big on anybody owning it, okay, and no one has, we can look at five zillion camera angles and everything else, no one has a better view of the play than the guy who's right there and who actually performed the act, okay, so I'm all I'm, I'm all right with him owning it, I still feel like it's a reasonable stance for anyone to take that it's ticky-tacky, that you don't want to have a game decided by something that didn't necessarily affect the play. In other words, Bradbury can say I held him, but what Bradbury can't say is I held him to the degree that it stopped him from catching that football.
1: Now, now this is the thing. There's two different penalties. This was a penalty right here before the pass was actually thrown. That's the separator in all of this. This wasn't that the ball was thrown over Juju's head. This was the fact that the that he actually grabbed Juju before the ball was passed. That was a five yard penalty first down. I think that's what people are really separating the two. Well, not separating the two, is the fact that he grabbed them before the pass was, was gone. That's the biggest issue of it
0: all. He did. It's just it's just that it's still, it's still it didn't disrupt a touchdown. Okay, like, I mean, Juju's not 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 that the referee needs to be considering this, but Juju is not the breakneck. I'm I'm not even getting into the officiating when I say this. He's not the breakneck speed type. Okay, and that ball was way ended up way over his head. It wasn't close. And you're right. Yeah, that's why the call is made and whatever. And no one can no one can dispute, especially now after Bradbury said what he said, the veracity of the call itself. I'm just saying, and Bradbury did say this too, he thought he wanted to see if he could get away with it. And the argument there would be, can you? I mean, if it's that small and it's just, here's what I'm saying, Moan. You know how many holding calls there were in the game? Holding. Offensive holding. Just uh, none. Zero. Now, holding occurs, I'm saying this to an 11-year NFL lineman, holding occurs on every play. We all know how guilty all of you are That's at fair. this. That's You're fair. all cheaters. Yeah, all of you. Okay, so <laughs> you, you, you have you have all this guilt on your conscience. The entire game goes by, not a single flag gets thrown for holding until then. And if your default mode as an official is I pretty sure it was a penalty or it was technically a penalty by the book so i'm gonna just go ahead and throw the flag here but especially because it's part of the passing game and everyone's hypersensitive to the passing game because that's the thing that the nfl wants to push then i've got a problem with it because you applied this inconsistency throughout the game and then at the end you said to yourself yeah you know now's a good time now's a good time for a flag let's do that let's do that See, there's
1: so many different lanes to go. I, I had somebody tell me, man, the hardest position in football quite possibly may be quarterback. The most unfair position in football is corner. And I think there's a whole lot of truth to that too. There's a whole lot of unfairness because their game is also learning the tricks of the trades of the pulls and the tugs and the grabbing the hips and pulling your hand out. They teach that they learn those traits and he just got caught with it. I'll say this. I don't think it was the first grab by Bradbury. I think it was the second one around the shoulder and then around that Jersey that really got him with the call
0: right there. I, Actually, actually, hang on, because they did have a they had a reporter talk to the referee and the one that the referee referenced. This is why it's good that there's two of us on the show because we can keep doing this back and forth. Right. Yeah. Um, with, with different information. Uh, but the referee said in his uh, session that he had with a poll reporter that it was the right hand. The, the, it was the initial so the shoulder and the hip. It was, it was lower. It was hip. Okay, and then and then but then you see the tug of the jersey happened with the left hand and that was the later one. So even then and it's not like with reporters, we can't it's not a group setting. One reporter gets sent in there and you try to ask as many questions as you can because you're representing all of the reporters. And it's now you can't say. But like, let's say, for example, you talk to Bradbury as a reporter Mm -hmm. and go back out and say, hey, I want to get the ref again because Bradbury said something different. <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? <laughs> yeah, and I, I'll I'll say this: when I saw it, and it was called slow motion, and in regular time, I say, yeah, I said that can be called. Whether you needed it to, to be called or not, it was third and eight, some time left. All of those things that kind of play a part. But also, DK, this is the other side of it. Did that play lose them the game? I don't think necessarily because early in the game, Juju had a similar situation where he got pulled and no flag was called. What do we say in that situation? Also, you have a long punt return by Kansas City that set up a lot of other things in that game, too. Who's to blame for that? Philly couldn't get to the quarterback. Who's to blame to that? And then you had Eric Viennemi and and, uh, and and Coach Reed, Andy Reid basically running new plays out of the arsenal because you're reeling as a team, and they couldn't stop the nosebleed of the run. So that call, yes, we all want to blame the rest, but I still say on my side of it, I'd say, I'd say I get it. I'm all for the call. I think it was justified. It wasn't like it was a phantom no-miss like the New Orleans Saints game. We all remember that call right there that did not get called. I know the, 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 the group that was summoned to call the Super Bowl, I think they were some of the most penalized referees, umpires, I think, in all of football. It was for the most part. A very, very clean game. They called the hands to the face in the Dominican Sioux when he had, uh, I think, Creed Humphrey's head all the way back. That rarely gets called, but I thought it was fair. Players, when you know you have these type of referees in your games, I said this before, you go up to them, shake their hand, man, how the family, what a game. Ooh, how was your travel down here? Did you hit up any parties? You greased them and try to get those extra little calls or just regular conversation because that's a part of the game too. The same way coaches are in the ear of the sideline judge like, hey, watch him. I will say this too. I thought Lane Johnson was sides numerous times on his past set and it didn't get called either, DK. So which one do you choose? For the most part, other than the situation, and I guess that's where everybody's kind of upset or questioning the integrity of what the call or what the actual script said from the NFL front offices, right? Because everybody got a script. They said that's why Nick Sirianni was crying because he knew during the National Anthem, he read the script before the game and he knew he was going to lose that game. But that's neither here nor there, (laughs) And What I'm saying is, man, Philly just didn't lose that game on that play. It sucks because that's the one play that actually was pointed out the most. But there was numerous opportunities for a team that all did. I'm not sure if they broke the record or they had some had. I think third most sacks in NFL history. They couldn't get to Patrick Mahomes with the bum ankle and then hurt his ankle at the closing of the first half, and he still goes out and diced them up and down the field for 25 yards to DK. What are we supposed to say to that?
0: Uh, the the thing, just to make my own stance on that clear, I agree with you 100%. The, the, yeah. the Eagles deserved the loss. Uh, the Chiefs deserved the win. If that call never happened uh, under any circumstance, if you enter a second half in a Super Bowl with a 10-point lead and the other team scores on you with every single possession, which Kansas City did, and when the culminating drive is the exact play that you just referenced. That was, the, that was the meat and potatoes. It wasn't the penalty. It wasn't juju this or that. It was Mahomes breaking free and sprinting somehow through the middle. That's what made the difference here.
1: And, and DK, as we, we close out this one, man, I, we, we got to get Coach T on here in some capacity to have this conversation from a coach's perspective, just to ask him or just ask a coordinator in, in this aspect, why do coaches tighten up? You know, like what makes you switch up some DK, maybe Ty Haley be a great conversation piece, you know, in a sense of like, Hey, why is the perception that coaches switch or adjustments or you don't keep the same game plan? Is it the fear of making mistakes that's going to lose you the game because you're good and you think your team is is good? That defense should have been good enough to keep that 10-point lead, but that's not the case when you're going up against a generational guy with a, a, a head coach and offensive coordinators and him and the enemy uh, and Nagy for that matter too that you kind of say to yourself, they, they got the wizards on the other sideline. You don't. Why don't you keep your foot on the gas pedal? It confuses me in hindsight, or maybe that's just our perception of it. I want to know that answer, DK.
0: When we come back, I'll have the answer to the question what is the only segment that matters? That's Hey Mom? Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show in the only segment that matters, and that's brought to you always by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub-burger, salad, wrap, drink, and nap is crafted for craveability. I like how you shake your head whenever I do that, Mo. You're like, you're like, like I, as if I've got rhythm or something, you know? You, you, you do.
1: I, I, catch a, I catch a rhythm when you do that one, DK. You're, you're spot on with that one.
0: Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. Our entry comes today from Paul, who says, Hey, Moan, have you ever played on a field with such poor conditions as what we saw in this Super Bowl in Glendale? I've seen games played in snowstorms where there was better footing for players. The NFL got $50 million from Apple, and yet they allowed the game to be played on such embarrassing field conditions. What do you say, Moan? Ah, by the way, that okay. Let's go a little history lesson
1: because I've played in Arizona numerous times too. That field, okay, just so you know, it's on a platform. It 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 literally it's it's probably about maybe a foot and a half deep, maybe a little bit more, if I'm not mistaken. Is it's grown on a platform and wheeled in and out of that stadium because they have sunlight all the time. Yes that field is actually on a platform. It's grown basically like how you would grow grass in a greenhouse or something like that. And what happens is I personally don't think the roots of the grass are deep enough and the dirt's not deep enough. It is real natural
0: grass. Also, but I don't think it's deep enough. Important to note. And they, they, they made mention of this at some point or other uh, in the, in the coverage beforehand that the, the type of grass that was being used Was something they'd never tried before. This was a specific sod that had been getting grown for months. So this is not what the Cardinals were using in December or whatever for home games. This was made just for the Super Bowl, which now looks absolutely ridiculous. Because this is why just use it. Just use whatever the NFL team was using because at least you had a chance to test it out. Yeah. By the way, this grass is actually
1: from, uh, I think, University of Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State University. This grass, DK, to your point, has been grown for two years. I'm not sure if they have like a big agricultural department or grass department, turf department or whatever the case may be. But this grass was specifically grown for two years for this Super Bowl. So, yeah, I think it was a rough uh a, a first drive at it as far as them being able to do it. Also, the amount of paint that was on the field, too, doesn't help either. Guys slip when you're trying to find the right cleats. But, yes, the com- a combination of the platform not being deep enough as far as the roots in the grass, I think, play a part in it. And the grass is probably more tighter. It might have been more finely thin. I mean, more thinner blades as far as the grass you're used to. And the fact that it was literally a new turf that was grown in, uh, grown from Oklahoma State. Um. When we've played on that platform that was wheeled in and out in Arizona, I specifically remember listening to guys um, do punt return, kickoff return, punt kicks and kickoff and stuff like that. You could literally hear, you ever ran on a stage or in bleachers? That's what it sounds like. Albeit it is real grass and not turf. It begs the question, Would it have? does Arizona need, Turf instead of grass, if they're playing on that platform like that. But to your point, DK, that's not Arizona Cardinals' turf that they were using for the Super Bowl. This is a different hybrid grass that was bred in Oklahoma State and they got roasted on social media because they bragged about it at first. And of course, social media is not for the faint.
0: No, no. But I want to make sure that I have your stance clear on grass versus turf because I think I know what it is. But for you to share that uh, with your viewers here because I, I I don't think you're in favor of turf versus grass in general.
1: You, you know where I am on it, DK? I'm almost indifferent because the turf's gotten so much better, and I've seen guys turn ACLs on grass. Why don't we make a big deal out of it in grass? That's been my stance as of lately. I will say this, though, to that point about what turf can do for you. It doesn't give as much. Like, I, I recently was on some turf just sitting around walking on it and stuff like that. And I was just like, why is my back hurting a little bit? Like, it doesn't give as much. But in the field of play, for those 60 minutes that you're out there, it it doesn't bother me as much. Afterwards, you feel it. I wouldn't want to practice on it all the time. And most teams have grass, natural grass at their facilities, unless they're going indoors. I ached a little bit more. more. Other guys ached a little bit more when they play on turf, artificial turf, or practice on it. I'm more indifferent because it's gotten so much better. I prefer grass, but I don't hate turf as much as I used to because I've seen it happen either way. Yes, if you're asking me, I'd rather have natural grass. That's now, where I sit.
0: One of those old-time Steelers that you've interacted with a lot, played it three Yeah, game, basically on asphalt. It was like asphalt painted green. They're like, is not it die? He has no idea how good he has it. And he's sitting there comparing turf and grass. And these guys were, if you ever seen those old scenes for three river stadium, when there's cars and stuff parked in the end zones. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I couldn't imagine conditions. I, I,
1: I've actually seen that old school turf before because I come from an old school and somebody had it around somewhere in high school in my small old town. It was literally a foam pad. And carpet those guys that played in the 70s and 80s on that astro turf take a bow, they don't breed them like y'all anymore. We
0: are complainers in this generation, (laughs) they can't take a bow, Moan. They've been damaged by playing on asphalt. Listen, that's a good question. I'm glad it came up. Uh, that was our, our Super Bowl edition. We have a lot more to talk about related to the Super Bowl over the rest of this week. We're also going to be getting into some Steelers topics. It's going to be a lot of fun here the rest of the week on the Ramon Foster show. Ramon, Let's do it again tomorrow. 100%.